Colossians chapter 21. And uh, I reckon I'd call this uh, lesson New Jerusalem. Randall, are you blessed the reading of the word, please? hope for more people to be here uh, so I think this is going to be pretty good this morning but I am glad to see some new faces I don't recognize but uh, I just thank the Lord for everything he does for me and I thank him for uh, giving me this lesson here we'll start in verse 1 and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. So what I had got out of that through my studies that the earth and its atmosphere as we know it will no longer exist. There will be no water. As we know it, it takes water for life here, but there will be it says there will be no more sea. So there will be no water. The word new here in this in this uh, verse of Revelations is is Canaan, and it what it means is new in quality or fresh. So that's what the earth is going to be. It's going to be new in quality and fresh. Verse two, and I John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So. I forgot to mention this, but John, he's the writer of Revelation, so everything that we hear and see of is, is coming through John. See, we could never build a perfect city here on earth. We, we've probably tried, but we couldn't do it, but God can. And that's what New Jerusalem's going to be, a perfect city. It will descend from God, and it will be holy. It's real, or it will be real. All God's saints are going to live there eternally. That'll be us if we know him. We thank him so much for that. It will be beautiful, as you'll see right down here later. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. See, in, the, in old Jerusalem, God dwelt in the temple. Once a year, you could go talk to God. 
the high, and only the high priest could do that. God will ever be with us in eternity in New Jerusalem, always. We will fellowship with him. I'm looking forward to that. It could be similar to what Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden. We don't know that, but it might because he came and he walked with them daily. We, should, we will be able to walk with God daily in New Jerusalem. Verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Everything that brings us pain or sorrow here will be gone. We'll never have to experience it again. Sin will be separated, separated from us forever. But I believe, I'm not sure if it was John that said this or, or maybe Paul, but to die is gain. And that's what we need to look forward to. To die is gain. 21 and 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. The word of God is always true and faithful. Everything will be new. God's word is never a lie. Ever. In the beginning when he made man, he said it was very good but it will be better than very good. And six. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life freely. So, I, I want to know what Alpha and Omega was. Actually, Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. I didn't know that. He said he's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And Jesus said it is done. Because what he starts, he always finishes. All those that thirst for his righteousness will be full. Are we thirsting for that today? He gives it freely. All we got to do is accept it. And it will be eternal. It will be fulfilled eternally. 21 and 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. All we got to do is overcome this old world, and we can do it with God. We will have it all, everything. Surrender ourselves to his will. Trust in him fully. It's easy to do, but yet we make it hard 
21 and 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's pretty simple. Willful sin and non-repentance will get you a, a part in that lake of fire. It's easy. All we got to do is get past our flesh just a little bit repent because we're going to sin we don't mean to we don't want to but it happens nine and there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying come hither I will show thee the bride the lamb's wife and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So the Lamb's wife represents New Jerusalem, which will be all those in New Jerusalem. And it'll be something beautiful. Of whom the creator is God. Of course, he created everything. So there you go. It will be secure and eternal. In this new Jerusalem, Jesus, he ain't going to bear no cross. He's going to wear a crown. Amen. And we'll have some crowns to lay at his feet if we're faithful and do his will and trust in him. At 11. Having the glory of God, and her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. This city will be radiating God's glory. It's going to be just shining out. Everywhere. Jasper is a red stone, so there's a lot of ways in here that John described this new Jerusalem. We'll get into that a little bit here in just a minute, but everything is clear up there, so clear and beautiful. Uh, John was just using what he knew of to describe it or what maybe God gave him that maybe we would know here on earth to describe the indescribable. And he had, and had a great wall and high and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And on the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So when... All the tribes of Israel were encamped about Jerusalem. There were, in the desert, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun were on the east. Reuben, Simeon, and Gad were on the south. Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin on the west. Dan, Asher, Naphtali on the north. That could be similar to the way 
New Jerusalem set up. You know, because it's a cube shape, got four sides. So each of those tribes will be on the gates. The foundations of New Jerusalem are inscribed with the apostles' names. Why wouldn't it be the foundation of New Jerusalem? All the apostles were the foundation of the church. Why wouldn't their names be on the foundation of New Jerusalem? The church of the New Testament believers anyway. And so the gates were inscribed with Israel's tribes, which is of the Old Testament. So that kind of tells us that God distinguishes between Israel and the church. And the Old New Testament believers and New Testament believers are there eternally. In New Jerusalem. In 15. And he that talked with me, the angel, had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. So, this is kind of showing us that New Jerusalem is a literal city. It has measurements. If it was just something made up, why would they go about the, the trouble? Why would he go about the trouble of measuring it and showing us exactly what it is? 16. And the city lieth four square cube, and is the length is as large as the breadth, and he that measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof and 144 cubits according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. So, this city is measured and built by God. Even the rod that he used to measure this was made of gold. Even that was glorious. See, God wanted John and all of us to realize that New Jerusalem is big enough to accommodate all of his saints. Throughout history, forever. So the base is square, each side approximately 1,400 miles. That's roughly from New York to Dallas, if we look at it on our map. That's enough room for billions and billions and billions of, of souls. I like that saying, make Kevin crowded. I hope there's that many people up there. If there is, how many is going the other way? Hmm. See, New Jerusalem follows the exact plan of God, the master builder. Its walls are 144 cubits. From what I'm seeing, that's 216 feet thick. Most of the walls we build, what, eight inches to a foot? That implies strength and security. We will be secure. Nothing can take us from there. If we're safe, ever. We'll be eternally there and eternally safe. 
in the presence of God. In 18. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. Y'all ever seen any clear gold? Most of the gold I ever seen was, you know, it was solid. You can't see through it. This gold was like glass, as clear as it can be. See, John's a man. He describes things like he knows. Could you imagine the beauty of that city, New Jerusalem? See, he's using examples of things that are precious here on earth. All the things that are so valuable to us, God's using them as building materials, you know? I got some some notes on all the, I'll read on just here a little bit more. The foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all the manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, which is a, it's quartz, reddish brown, with white streaks. Sorry, I got lost my place. Sapphire the second. Brilliant deep blue is sapphire. The third, chalcedony. It's also a type of course that's milky white. The fourth, an emerald. Brilliant green. The fifth, sardonyx. It's also a form of quartz. It's a multi-banded onyx, white, brown, red, orange, and black. Beautiful. The sixth, sardius. Yellow to reddish orange. Chrysolite. Most likely olivine or peridot, pale green. The eighth, beryl. Many different colors barrel can be. The ninth, a topaz. Also many different colors. I think most people acquaint yellow with topaz, maybe. The tenth, chrysophrasis. It's also a type of quartz, pale green. The eleventh, adjacent, which is also yellow-red to red-brown. An amethyst. That's a variety of quartz. It's purple. All these colors laid in the foundation of New Jerusalem. You know, God uses all these things that to build this foundation in this city that are so precious to us, but what's most precious is inside. God's soul, his souls that he saved. Twenty-two. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty of the land, and the Lamb are the temple of it. 
we don't have to go into the church building, the temple, because the temple's already there. It's God. And we're going to dwell with him. We'll have a direct relationship with him. There ain't going to be no high priest that we have to go talk to, which there's not now, but that's what the Old Testament believers had to do. They had to go give up their sacrifice and give it to the priest, and it had to be perfect. We're not going to have to worry about that. We will have a direct line. Amen. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Jesus, the light of the world, will shine God's glory throughout New Jerusalem. How awesome will that be? Amen. We might find out sooner than later. And I don't care if it's the next minute, the next second. There ain't nothing here for us. It's all there. We've got to lay up our treasures up there. Revelation 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. So some scholars believe that New Jerusalem will be a light for the earth. Just as the sun and the moon in this time when it comes out of heaven. If it is. And give God the glory. In Zechariah 14 and 7. We're going to get a little more, a little more proof right here. And it says, But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Right there, it tells you just exactly what it said over here. It's just the word proving the word, as it always does. And I forgot to talk about the gates of pearl. And when I, when I was, I just realized that. I don't know how I missed it somehow here. I'm sorry, but I want to go back to that. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. So, you imagine a pearl being a gate, a great, big, awesome pearl. You know, the biggest pearl that we've ever found on earth was 2.75 inches. It's two and three quarter inches, which is 
It's a pretty big pearl. And that was worth like $350,000. I mean, I imagine those gates bigger than those doors, way bigger. Myself. It's amazing. So amazing. In 25. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. God's glory is going to shine forever up there. There will be no night. We don't have to worry about the things that happen in the night up there like we do down here. But we got to qualify by our faith in Jesus. Got to qualify. We will not be able to enter in if we don't. So we close our doors at night down here. Gates are shut up because they're afraid something bad is going to come in. Can't happen up there. God's glory is just going to shine eternally. No darkness, no need to be afraid. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. The kings of the earth will bring the, the glory and honor of all nations into New Jerusalem after it has come down out of heaven. So I want to go to Isaiah 60, 11. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. Scripture backing up scripture again. Thousands of years before it was ever told. In this other part. We don't know exactly what it means probably that the kings will bring the honor and glory. But you know what? It all comes from God anyway. Any honor and glory that we had has come from him. We just, they're just giving it back. John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. It all comes from him anyway. All the honor, all the glory, it all comes from him. He'll just be giving it back. And 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. You can't get in if you let those things into your heart. 
even though these gates are always open, sin and evil will never be allowed in. As a matter of fact, if you read earlier in Revelation, all that's already been sent to hell. It won't exist anymore. God done got rid of it. Has he got rid of it in our lives? Are we getting rid of it in our lives? But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's book. Jesus' book that he's written your name in if you are saved and born again. Bottom line, you ain't getting in if your name ain't written in there. Is your name in that book today? Is my name in that book today? We got to be sure. Ain't no way around it. You got to know. And we got to be an example to other people. We got to be that light to them so they'll, they'll know that they'll try and figure out what's going on with him. I need to be like, I got to find out what's going on with that fellow or that woman. Why are they so different? What do they have that I don't have? We got to be that light. We got to be out in this old world and showing them what they're missing. And this is a whole lot for me. This message is because I don't think I'm probably not holding up to them standards. I got a lot of work to do. I don't want to hear, I never knew you. That'd be the worst thing that could ever happen. And what the, can they do to us down here? Nothing. Can't nobody do nothing to us here. But there is an eternal life we got to decide which way we're going to live in heaven or in a lake of fire how beautiful is that city I want to be up there where it's so beautiful there's too much at stake too much we've got to be about the man's business we've got to be about the Lord's business but that's, that's it that's all I got, and I thank the Lord for showing it to me. I couldn't have, couldn't have brought it out without him. I just thank him so much for the opportunity to stand up here. It gets me tore up. <laughs> Tears flowing every now and then, crying out of both eyes like Caleb, you know. But I just thank him so much for it. Uh, Stake it to your heart. 
It's not what I said, it's what the Lord said. And I thank him and I would be dismissed in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for humbling me, Lord, and showing me these things that I could share. I couldn't do it without you, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you for being there with me, showing me these things. Just help me to be better, Lord. Help me to realize what's at stake. It's so much. It's everything. And Lord, I just thank you for your many, many blessings, Lord. I ask to be, that you be with those that couldn't be here, that didn't get to hear this message, Lord. And Maybe they'll find it on these airwaves one day, maybe listen to it. And maybe it'll help them as it's helped me. And I ask you to be with those that are sick and afflicted, Lord. Most of all, I ask you to be with those that are lost. Put a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Keep them safe until they can hear the word, Lord. Someone can share it with them, Lord, that they might not have to spend eternity in hell. All these things I ask and I pray and I ask it in Jesus' precious holy name. also ask that you be with the singing and the preaching that's coming up in the next hour, Lord. And all this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.